Welcome to Rebel and Creates Fatherhood Field Notes podcast, where we hear real stories from real men living real lives. I'm your guide, Ned Shout. Fatherhood is not only about being a dad, it incorporates providing and serving a home, loving and serving a spouse, engaging and serving in a community, as well as intentionally serving our kiddos. Fatherhood is an adventure, one full of fun, wild, and definitely messy stories. In this podcast, we will hear stories from real men who have found themselves living the adventure of fatherhood. I'm excited for you to hear this episode as I re-listen. There's just some great takeaways. One, keeping your identity as a dad, now that you're a father, how to maintain your identity. Two, if there's something that you love in life, how to share that with your family. And three, when you mess up, how to go to your family and apologize and own it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today, it is Friday morning, Friday the 13th, which is kind of perfect. And I got my friend Chris in the office. How you doing, Chris? Good. 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 Dude, I've been really excited all week to hang out and just talk about fatherhood with you. So you and I are connected. Our boys are in the same grade and they're in fifth grade. Mm -hmm. And I think it was third grade. That they got into a little tiff fight at school. Sounds about right. Yep. Third grade. And what was super rad is I think it was maybe our first or second year there. You've had your kids there the whole time, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. You got my number and you hit me up and you said, hey, let's go to breakfast and talk about the boys. The boys. Yeah. So what made you do that? Um, I don't think burying stuff is healthy. And yeah. just shooing it on. But I also wanted to um, challenge my son and knowing that this was real, you know, he likes to use the term realize. And I don't know if he realizes what the word realize means. Yeah. So I wanted to realize that mm. similar to when he got caught stealing some gum. I took him to Folsom prison and oh, did just you really? like freaked him the fuck out. So like, <laughs> so the breakfast, I just wanted to be, you know, friendly, you know, that's, Sit down with your bud, and I want to meet, you know, Brody's dad a little bit more. And yeah, I got time, so let's do this, dude. Who does that though? <laughs> See, that's that's what's up because so many dads or people, parents, aren't engaged as much in their kids' lives. So to be third grade and not just you, your kid comes home and say, "Oh, all right, yeah, well, don't do that again," or just get him in trouble for the sake of not really knowing everything. Mm-hmm. But to one, talk to your kid and help him realize whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And then two, to hit up some parent you don't know and say, let's meet for breakfast. Yeah. I mean, I there was zero reservations about doing it. I wasn't nervous about it. It didn't keep me up at night. Yeah, yeah. But it was more just, um, I think my curiosity was definitely peaked and I, I just wanted to just seemed like the right thing to do. I lo- I love it. And when I got it, I'm like this is awesome <laughs> because it wasn't like it had been going on for years mm-hmm. or months yeah. or that it was an actual like fist fight overtly big deal. No. And that's what even makes it better yeah. is it's like okay, we're going to take something that happened and just like go for it. Yeah. I mean, I also wanted to know if there was levels of um they were comfortable talking because third grade was a tough year um, for him mm. um, in the sense that back to the word 
real realizing and and things were just getting real he was getting some red marks on i don't know if you use the class dojo app but yeah. it's, it's awesome to use it because you know it's real time all right thumbs yeah, up what's Ooh, happening? thumbs down what happened at 10 34 today bud uh you know the stories are just so funny because they're coming from the mouth of it at that time an eight-year-old right now he's 10 and i don't know that wasn't as accessible from when i remember as a kid we lived in a small town and we knew all the parents and it you had three or four buds but your parents all knew each other as well and so yeah. this is a little bit bigger a little bit big, Auburn, bigger auburn's not a huge town but there's different layers to it when there's four different elementary schools or right. whatever it's a lot bigger than where i i grew up so so it's you're going to be more intentional to meet parents and kind of be in the lives of our kids yeah and i knew you're a nice guy you never put me off as somebody where i was like oh dude this guy's a dick like, yeah <laughs> um so i was like let this the only thing that's going to come out of this is going to be a positive yeah so let's do it and then it was just kind of cool to see our two boys looking at each other across the table and there was a moment of awkwardness where I was like, so how do you feel about this? And he's like, oh, no. And it's yeah, because he was, put, he was put on the yeah, spot. Yeah, totally. And I was like, all right, man. Just like, these are your buds. You're going to know them. All your friends are going to know them if they stay in town all the way through high school. Mm-hmm. It's third grade. You got nine more years to do this. So, But that lesson. Just trying a, to get it done earlier than later. Yeah. But even as like we're shaping men. Right, that one day are going to move out of our homes, yeah. And in third grade, to say, "Hey, if you have a problem with another man or human, boss, employee, whatever, you just go and talk about it. You go handle it. Though, if you just sweep it under the rug, then we're just training our kids to never deal with actual problems and have real hard conversations. Because yeah. I'd say, even for me as a as an adult, <clears throat> I'd say it's only been in the last. I'm 36. It's been in the last three, four years mm-hmm. that I've really learned how to have harder conversations mm-hmm. that matter. Mm-hmm. And like, if you care about relationship and and who you're becoming in the world, having those conversations means a lot. And they're hard. Yeah. But to do it without freaking out and being obnoxious and just yeah. sitting down and like saying what you think and feel yeah. and being vulnerable. Yeah. It's cool to teach our boys that. And that was part of it too. I, I needed to put myself in that fatherhood role and, you know, I don't know the level of seriousness that it was, the incident at school. Right. If it was closed fist or if it was just pull the hood over their face or like, you know, you don't know because there's so many different stories and I wasn't really wanting to get down to the, whose fault was this? We got to remedy this. Right. Right. You know, the the loser of this battle pays for breakfast. You know, it wasn't like, it was just, Yeah. You know, kids will be kids, whether they're male or female. And it was just, it was an exercise I wanted to do. And it was fun. And it was cool that you, that you went along with it. And yeah, I, hope, I, I, love I, it. I hope to continue doing these with situations that come up through parenthood and our kids. So, yeah, man, I just think it's cool for, for dads to hear, Hey, I, I could do that. Cause I think a lot of times with the schooling stuff, we push a lot of it onto our, to the mom. Mm-hmm. which is fine moms are killer they do a lot but i think to have that dad who wants to be engaged when they can be yeah you know is killer okay so going to the Folsom prison story so so what happened there 
I'm interrupting this important conversation that you probably just started getting into with a big announcement. During the month of November and the beginning of December 2019, I need your help and this is all hands on deck. I've created a daily journal designed to help dads like you and I stay focused on being the engaged and intentional fathers we desire to be. Do you ever feel like I do sometimes, like you're not cutting it, you're not hitting the mark as a father? Well, my hope is that this journal would be one tool that could help you get there. But it will not come to market unless it is funded. We are doing this through a crowdfunding website where it's all or nothing. So please go to our Instagram or Facebook at Rebel and Create and follow links to our Kickstarter campaign for the Fatherhood Legacy Journal. Or you can go to kickstarter.com and in the search put in Fatherhood Legacy Journal or Rebel and Create Fatherhood Legacy Journal and it'll pop up and we need your help. So please buy a journal for yourself, for a friend, or for a dad that you know. We would so appreciate it because we believe fatherhood matters and we're doing all we can to spread the word and create tools that will help support dads everywhere. And now back to that important conversation you were just getting into. We were on a family road trip every year when school gets out. Um, It's right around um, my wife Erica and I have the same birthday. So you share the same birthday. Yeah. And so school is usually right at that time, give give or take a day or two. Sometimes it's on the day. Um, Last day of school is on our birthday. So (laughs) for years, even since, um, even when Erica was pregnant, the first time we hit the road and um, long story short, we got to our destination out in Colorado and on the drive home, Charlie's just, my son's just smacking on gum in the back seat. <laughs> I'm like, where'd you get that? And he just, I knew like right then, what do you mean? You know, and he's, we've just got, I, I can read him like yeah. a book and uh, tears. I was like, oh, you got this in a dishonest way. And so I was like, whatever. So I let it go, let it go. And then it was about a day or two later, we we finally get home. And I, uh, I'd i called my uncle, whose house we were staying at. I was like, were you missing any gum? And he goes, yeah, actually, there was some gum that was missing or, or um, it was out of a bedroom. The, the details are a little cloudy, but the bottom line was he just jacked it. Yeah. And I was like, hey, man, you want to know what happens when you get away with stealing some gum? And uh, he's like, well, I guess. And I go, well, if you're comfortable with it and you think there's no consequence, then maybe you're going to think that way when it's time to steal a car, you know, or someone's bicycle yeah. or, you know, rob a bank. And so I loaded up our bicycles on uh, the back of the truck and we drove down to Folsom, um, visited the prison went in checked out the cell um, <laughs> that's awesome he, oh my gosh he knew he knows who johnny cash is yeah. he knows the song Folsom prison blues and it just talk about that word realizing again he was just thrown back there's like this little stone cell and there's a mannequin standing in there and his arms almost touch both Damn. sides of the wall and the little thing little, little tiny bed and then I don't even think there was a toilet in there, maybe a, a steel pan or something. And of course, the cells are a little different nowadays, but that was like old school yeah. jail cell. And he was not stoked. I go, this is where you live when you get caught, you know. And 
So let's work on, if you wanted the gum, really easy to just ask for a piece of gum. Yeah. Or you can buy some gum. That's another easy way to do it instead of stealing it. Earn it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was pretty funny. So we rode our bikes all around the area and then went and had lunch. And we actually had the paddle boards on the truck and ended the day just out on the lake and stuff. And it just wanted to make a negative into a positive yeah. without overreacting and i think that's some of the the hardest um you know self-control over reacting to certain things it can be a little difficult so going to the breakfast doing it that way yeah um yeah so that, yeah, that was it. that was the prison story <laughs> yeah that's so rad because i mean whether you know this was the full intention or not is like as i hear the scene playing out it's like you could be pissed off dad, yeah. you know, and maybe you were a little upset, you know, yeah. which is fine, but you take him there and it's not just, we're going to go in and scare the shit out of you. No. It's also, here's this. And then all around this is like this beautiful world you could live in. So because we make choices that don't put us here, yeah. we're riding bikes out here. We're going to whatever restaurant we want. Yeah. Not just whatever's on the menu for the day. Yeah. Oh, and there's a lake. We have the freedom, the flexibility. We're going to go paddleboarding now. Yeah. You know, so it's like in this fenced-in area, you don't have choice. Those guys made some bad decisions. And now they can't. Make and didn't decisions. get away with it. Yeah. Oh, dude, I love it. That's that's cool. How old was Charlie then? It was right around the same age. It might have been actually that summer. Um, so around eight years old. Yeah. Uh, cause, yeah, exactly. Because our daughter was 10. And that road trip revolved around the national parks and in fourth, the end of your fourth grade, they call it fourth grade, age 10, you get your uh, national parks. Pass. Yeah, the free pass. So we that was the road trip and it ended. Yeah. So that was the same school year as, nice. uh, as uh, our little breakfast over the boys Man. red marks at school. <laughs> that stuff's so good. Yeah. Um, all right, so to give people a little bit of understanding, uh, who is Chris? Um, how old are you? I'm 41. 41, yeah. and you're married. Married. How many years? It'll be 14 years, almost in one month on October 15th. Nice, that's yeah. awesome. And you have how many kids? Two. Two. And what do your kids call you, or what have they called you over the years? To my face? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, dad. Dad. It's just dad. Um, our daughter Stella would say "Daddy," but it's you know she's a big girl now. Certain age, it's certain dad. age stops. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, Charlie and I. It's he's, I'm just dad. So nice. Ever try to call you by your first name? Nah, no, yeah. No, it's kind of funny. <laughs> um, so Chris, but uh, I think I had some paperwork or some mail laying out, and it said Christopher. Oh, okay. The middle initial M, and then my last name, and then. Uh, Charlie, wait, who's this? I was like, that, that's me. Was, What's that's not how you spell Chris? I was like, yeah, it's Christopher. It's short. Yeah. Um, because he's not Charles or anything. He's just straight up Charlie. Yeah. So he didn't really understand the the short and long name. Right. But it's like, oh, wait a second. I didn't know this all these years. Yeah. Your and he goes, name what's is something M for? And I was like, Michael. And he's like, you're Christopher Michael. I'm like, yeah. That's funny. Uh, okay. So what do you do? for your day daily job um my daily job so i'm an outside sales rep in the snowboard world um i 
manage a territory that's just called Northern California. So from the border of Oregon down into Reno, a little bit of Nevada, Incline Village, etc., down to the San Luis Obispo um, and then the coast. So servicing stores um, that carry my products in the snowboard world and then um, helping host events with said retailers, um, manage a small regional snowboard team of uh, guys and girls that just love snowboarding and I try nice. to help them out as much as I can um, work with not not don't want to say the word charity but maybe some uh, foundations if I can help them I will nice. um, I grew up in a mountain town started snowboarding at, at 10 years old and fell in love with it and knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do for hopefully the rest of my life and realized that being a professional snowboarder is very unattainable for the majority of the people out there. But I read a lot of the the magazines. I read the, a lot of the magazines and watch the videos. And there's a lot of people behind the scenes. And yeah. so um, I loved the snowboard shop in my local town. And then when I went off to high school and moved to um, another state, loved the snowboard shops there and saw that that was an avenue to continue doing this to be involved in the in snowboarding yeah so then when i moved to auburn in 1998 got a job at the local snowboard shop a woman named wendy woodward hired me at her store and then fast forward to around 05 got an opportunity to work on the outside as a sales rep and then been doing it ever since got nice. tons of support from my wife to just do it and it's a lot of driving. It's a lot of time away from the family. It's getting harder and harder year after year. So I have to value the time home and really calculate is jumping in the truck going to be beneficial to the business or have a negative impact on being away from the house. So it's a balance yeah. for sure. Grass is always greener. You know, you look at people that yeah. have the job that's only a mile or two from home. They get to come home every night. They don't miss dinners they don't miss breakfast but there's stretches where i won't be home for a couple of weeks but i sure as hell make sure when i'm home that it's it's try to be as involved involved as i can yeah. you know as much as i can yeah take that opportunity before um you know something happens and this wonderful job slash career is not possible so i'm gonna ride it as long as i can yeah that's awesome. And I think just being aware, because I even think the dude whose job is a mile away and they've got the nine to five, if they're not aware of their family and work and balance, you know, even coming home. And I mean, I did this for years. I'd come home and my wife would be like seven o'clock and I, she'd be like, you're still thinking about work. Oh yeah. Like your mind is still there. Oh yeah. And it took me years to train myself, you know, to be like, all right, there I'm this and here I'm different mm -hmm. you know so i think this the fact that you talk about being aware of it is killer and like more of us need to do that yeah so over the years what has been the best resource to you as a father the resource um i'd say communicating and being honest if that's an answer um yeah i think anything um i'm not one to go by books and, and read about parenting I, I we got some when we first had our kids yeah and reading through them and they're great guidelines but i've also 
been kind of uh, react first and then, <laughs> you know, I marinate on a lot of things too, but I think just communicating with issues versus letting them fester. Yeah. Um, me personally, that's a goal. I may, do I always execute it smoothly? Maybe not. But as far as a resource, I think just having my wife be there to listen and support um, and being honest to myself and her and um, hopefully that, you know, continues um, as being a resource. But as far as something tangible and physical, I don't know if there is one. Did you have any good examples growing up of like what a good dad or husband looked like? Yeah, you know, um, my dad, I, I mean, he's my dad. My parents got divorced at a young age, or I was at a young age, and this man stepped in to a single woman with three kids, and that was huge, you know. He didn't have to do that. Mm. Um, I could see that being a huge red light for somebody looking for a relationship with a woman um, with three children you know like eh, i don't know i'll steer, steer clear yeah, of that one yeah. you know um but that was huge and you know growing up there's always going to be anger and and frustration and sadness and emotions but i think that he always made sure that there was food and warmth and love so um he didn't know what he was getting into you know yeah. He was a single dude that went right into having a wife with yeah, three, three kids. kids. So um, that's, I appreciate it now as I'm getting older. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty now of um, us maturing is seeing things in hindsight. Um, the negative stuff seems to just go away because you see what, someone had to go through now because you might be going through it yourself yeah but it's funny it's almost like i mean advice is great mm -hmm. like even how you said you know there wasn't necessarily a book or anything advice is great but a lot of things i think we're supposed to we're meant to go through them mm -hmm. and learn from them you know hopefully i want to give my kids some advice and get advice from people so i don't necessarily make all the same mistakes mm -hmm. but it's so different when you go through something and get to to live it out Mm -hmm. And then you can see, oh my gosh, now I know why my parents did this or that or said yeah. this or that. Because now I'm here yeah. going through it. Yeah. You get to finally pull the hole when I was your age. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, <laughs> and uh, but I think that looking back, um, there were a lot of times where I was confused and scared is not a good word to use, but maybe unsure of what was going on. And now I'm light bulbs are just flickering left mm. and right in my brain about remembering things. And, and uh, I think that I can take that and muster it up. And yeah, there's no, like you said, there's guidelines and there's books and there's advice and some people can really use that. I don't have the capability to really, like your book was one of the only books that I was able to really read cover to cover thoroughly without putting it down and then picking it back up a month later and forcing myself to finish it and yeah that's super rad and uh i just think experience living life and being open to taking the bad as easy as as the good 
Yeah, so that kind of leads into <clears throat> the rebel and create question. So, you know, rebel and create, it's on the wall there. It's like mm -hmm. my guess, my life's mantra, which could be applied to so many things. Huh. Um, for me, it was really came about when I thought I was going to run this, you know, youth center skate uh -huh. park place. And that was what my identity was wrapped up in and it didn't work. And I sold insurance, which is not cool or sexy, <laughs> you know, um, but it's a great thing for my family. Yeah. So in 2015, rebel and create somehow popped into my head and it's just like rebel against whatever rebel against the negative rebel mm. against the, the expectations. And then out of that, just don't tear all the walls down for the sake of being rebellious and taking down, which I do like rebellion mm -hmm. but what am i going to create out of that like what's the beauty that's going to come out of this so what's something that you know either in your life or currently that you are rebelling against and creating something out of um <clears throat> i just think that there's many layers in life and many opportunities in life to focus energies on negativity um you know, there's that saying where you do something nice, three people acknowledge it and yeah. talk about it. You do something negative, it's there's no telling how many hundreds of people are going to talk about that. Right. And it's so crazy. There's no good in that, and I'm. It's not. It, it it's just it's difficult. So the the rebellion part to answer the question is is to not dwell on negative experiences past negative experiences um or um, unfortunate circumstance you have to take them accept them and then create a positive spin on it um whether it's you know understanding an emotion or a feeling from something negative um whether it's the asshole that's in like behind riding your ass on the, on the car, like driving on the highway. Yeah, yeah. I get that all the time. And it's like, man, go around, you know, yeah. or I'll slow down and just create a, a positive experience. I, I always laugh at it, you know, and yeah. it's because they're just trying to get to the red light quicker or the yeah. stop sign quicker. Yeah. So, but that's one mellow extreme. Um, but the other extreme would just, we all have lives. We all have histories and pasts. And if you dwell on it and live in it, it's not going to help anything. You've got little minds that need your support. You've got hearts that need your support. People around you that need your help. And yeah. if you're going to be negative Nelly, that's contagious. And you got to create a positive, as positive as possible yeah. within your means. We're all allowed to have a bad day. Yeah. Um, we're all allowed to express our frustrations and emotions, but from if the if the scale leans more on the side where you're pulling your shit together and like creating a, a good positive day, then that's the, that's the creativity part of the rebellion. Yeah, and as you say it, you started off with a word that I think we do not really take into as much consideration as we should, and that was the word energy. Like over the past, I don't know, year or two, I've been really looking at energy is a resource that I have, mm -hmm. right? So I wake up every day and I have energy that I'm going to do something with, you mm -hmm. know, and we have, we, we think about time and we think about money, I think a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but energy, as far as like, I'm going to put emotion and this energy I have in my body into something. And, 
you said, you know, you, a lot of people will put so much energy into something negative. Oh, yeah. And it's, oh, my God, it takes up so much energy mm-hmm. and it's so stressful. And then what's the point? Like zero point. We're not growing mm-hmm. as people. We're not growing in community. Um, it's just a total freaking waste. But for some reason in our culture, we just love to talk about the negative. Dude, <laughs> Isn't I, it weird? It's so weird. It, and it's encouraged. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's bizarre. I mean, weird little fly off topic just to help um, prove the point. Last night, Erica and I. All right. Kids are in bed. Let's watch a little movie. Let's wind down. We're going through, and we tried to watch two different movies. It wasn't happening. So let's just go to real time news. And first thing that comes on was like, you know, negative dude yeah. was caught, you know, super horrible man was caught doing this. Then the next one, and then the next one. And it was like, this is how they want to end the day. Is So it's, you got to put on stand up comedy to, to, Go to bed at night. <laughs> so you know? what's funny is as you're talking, I was I was watching stand up comedy last night. And yeah, it made me think of something. So have you watched the new Dave Chappelle Sticks and Stones? Oh yeah. So I loved it. I mean, the dude is on point as yeah. far as like let's do real shit. Let's yeah. talk. But his whole point when he asked the crowd, he's like something to the extent of, you know, who's the worst. And he's like, you guys, yep. all of you are the worst mm-hmm. to his You're crowd. waiting for me to say something. Waiting for me to screw up yep. so you could just talk <laughs> shit on me forever. You know, like we're talking shit on people who are dead. Yeah. They're dead now. Yeah. Like, let it go. Move yeah. on. And uh, I just thought, yeah, like how much energy is that spent? We're, we're, you know, especially when we take the people who are in the limelight, <clears throat> but we treat them like it's so much worse than the crap we're doing in our own lives, mm-hmm. you know? Um so anyways, I just, that whole, his whole thing was just freaking erratic yeah, and, and true. It, and definitely there's people that loved it and people that despised it, reading, you know, comments about it. And yeah, hey, he's just a man that's, I mean, you want to get on some stuff that is really going to warp <clears throat> your mind. Go back and watch the old Eddie Murphy stuff or Richard Pryor stuff. Yeah, right. That, you know, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's. Like, we wouldn't even laugh at that now. Yeah. You're like, and, ooh. Yeah, you like cringe, <laughs> cringe at it. <laughs> oh, man. But, but you got to get those chuckles and the the oxygen, like a positive oxygen coming in to go to bed. You can't watch the news yeah. <laughs> to go to end your day anymore. It, it's terrible. And yeah. it's just people want to focus on the crappy and... You're looking forward to a hangout with some friends or, or some family. And yeah, there's some some bad things that happen throughout your day and you want to talk about it. Um, but let's talk about some good things. Yeah, I'm trying to get away from that for myself. Sometimes I feel like if we were to hang out, it's like, oh man, my week was really hard. Yeah. Like we almost want to compete in who had a more <laughs> difficult week, you know, versus talking yeah. about and then and then if we were to say, oh man, I got this killer sale mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. then we almost have this but, you know, we like downplay the positive yeah. sometimes and we don't really enjoy it or let other yeah. people celebrate with us which is super sad it's almost like you're not allowed to give yourself props you know yeah like, it's weird oh, he's just gloating <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like come on let's celebrate each other bragger yeah we yeah, exactly we automatically <laughs> jump to something like that versus 
celebrating other people because we're we're trained yeah. to just compare ourselves to everyone. Yeah. And it doesn't feel bad to compare if our lives are hard or shitty. It doesn't feel bad to compare that yeah. versus, oh, man, I, I got to take my family to Hawaii and yeah. you didn't or whatever it might be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. So as I wanted to talk to you and bring you on and, and just talk about fatherhood, really, I thought a couple things, you know, one is just seeing how you are with your kids. I always see you, you know, anytime there's a school thing. You know, granted, we have jobs and sometimes mm-hmm. there's things we can't make it to, but you're involved in your kids' lives and have fun with your spouse mm-hmm. um, and you and your spouse are friends. So like overall, I go, this dude's intentional, right? Mm-hmm. Well, so like looking at your Instagram, the first thing is it says uh, dad, husband, weirdo. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I go, okay, one, this dude is intentional and loves his family, but he hasn't lost his identity. <laughs> You still, you still probably dress like the, you're in a snowboarder, right? Yeah. You, 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 so you've been able to be yourself and yeah. put your own maybe spin on fatherhood and stuff like that. So I don't know, as I say that to you, like what comes to mind to talk about as far as keeping your identity and also engaging with your family? Um, I, I'm learning too that my family, they don't like horror films they don't like a lot of the music i listen to um so i have to do some of that on my spare time yeah you know um working from home sometimes i'm able to have like a movie on in the background i just found a rad one on prime the other day called chopping mall and it's a horror film that takes place in a shopping mall (laughs) and it's hilarious but my wife and kids would not even what are you are What's weird, happening? you know, yeah. and Charlie even says that to me, my son. He's, Dad, you're so weird. And it's, it's like, okay, well, that's, that's like fine. a compliment when my kids tell me I'm yeah, weird. That's fine. I I would. Though that movie wasn't made for me, it you know, in the '80s, they were like, we're gonna make this for Chris. Like yeah. they made it for an audience, and I just happen to be part of that audience. Yeah. You know, I'm still gonna go to punk rock shows and see concerts and bagged a couple this week and then if there's ones that my family wants to go to great if i'm gonna go have to watch another minions movie at the movie theater i'll do that as well i might nod off a couple times that's just not my yeah my deal but i'll be there and support it so i get my opportunities to be the weirdo while i'm still a husband and and a father so how is that navigating it seems like your spouse is cool with you keeping your identity yeah. And that I, you guys enjoy some of the same things. I like to hope, or I, I, I like to think that, or hope that um, I'm still the same dude that, that she decided she wanted to spend the rest of her life with, yeah. you know, because I don't think I've changed very much since my teens, you know, and um, obviously responsibility comes into yeah. play and there's yeah. other factors, you know, life decisions, but um, yeah. I mean, because I think, I mean, I don't know, it could just be like the perception of fatherhood, but I would say, and this could be my own worldview of looking out, but my perception of fatherhood is like, okay, you are a dad now, you're a husband now, you can't have any fun, you dress like an idiot, Um, (laughs) your wife picks out all your clothes from the Gap. Uh, Screw that. Sorry if you buy your clothes from the Gap. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> you probably didn't in high school. So I I love that. So how do you make sure that 
when you're leaving at nine o'clock at night on a Tuesday to go see a punk rock band in Sacramento, that your family isn't feeling like you're ditching them. Um, they get the opportunity if they want to come or not. Okay. Um, and sometimes they do, um, you know, there's a band coming to town in two weeks, and I've asked every family member if they want to go see them. And Erica was like, eh, maybe, we'll see. Our daughter Stella was like, mm, it's a school night. And so that's just her style. I'll be too tired the next day. And Charlie was like, I have baseball practice that night, and uh, I don't know, Dad. I don't think I want to go. I was like, all right. So, but... um. That's awesome. So it's not, it's not even, I'm not, it's not an alter ego. It's not, or, or an, you know, not an alter ego, but, uh, it's not Jekyll and Hyde. So. Yeah. It's not like I've, I'm this guy over here without them. Yeah. And then I'm this other dude here. It's like, you guys can be a part of this, but you don't yeah. have to, but know that you're welcome. Yeah. Um, I, trust me. I wish they were there for most of them. I'm not necessarily down in the, in the circle pit most of the times, but, um, for the larger shows, I like to sit back and watch. And yeah. these guys, some of the bands are are bands that I started listening to when I was a teenager, and they're still playing. Yeah, so that's I mean, killer. I made a joke last year. We went and saw No Effects play down in Sacramento, Erica and I, and it was a twenty-one and over show because it was based around beer tasting. Okay, that just shows the evolution of our yeah. age and and our genre of music is. We're old, but we're going to be a little bit more refined and base it around beer tasting. And so um, got the kids taken care of for that day and that evening. And I just kind of chuckled because it should have been a 41 and over show. There were no, <laughs> no 21 year olds there. You know, it was pretty funny. And um, so that could be that could limit a, a reason or two why the kids aren't there. But I got to, I took them to go see a show. Um, rancid headlined, but they played with Dropkick Murphys. That's so fun. And Dropkick Murphys uh, are fun. the Selector, which was a band that I've never had an opportunity to see them, and I love that old school ska and reggae. And and then the local band, Seven Seconds Frontman Kevin Seconds started just with him and his guitar. So the kids got to see the show progressively escalate, and it was really cool to look over and watch Stella fixated on the circle pit and the crowd charlie was a fan of the guitar lars had for rancid it's this camouflage guitar and he really wanted to sit above him and look at him so he's pinned on that and then we're there with tons of friends so he's got this these uncles to look up to besides just his dad and then stella's over there with erica and they're they're people watching and so the takeaway from that was you know then it just started kind of falling apart. The earplugs are falling out. Yeah, They're yeah. getting fidgety, and they wanted to leave. So we left during the encore. But I, I would hope that um, they want to continue doing some live shows um, because they're magical. I fell in love with them as a kid, and it's something that, just like snowboarding's only going to go away if it's taken away. Yeah. And yeah, people don't keep showing up for it. Yeah. It's so it's so good because like as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking because a big thing for me with Rebel and Create is is to be yourself. 
is like whatever perception you have as this is what a dad is supposed to look like, just throw that out the freaking window. Oh, that'll give you anxiety. Oh yeah, just be whoever <laughs> you be whoever you are, and your kids need you. Like yeah. your kids, you brought them into this world. You gave them life and you give them life every day that you invest into them. So what does that look like? Well, don't just do what everyone else is doing around you. What is it that you love? Mm-hmm. How do you share that with your kids? Mm-hmm. You know, and which parts do they enjoy and do they not enjoy? Like maybe they don't love the the mall murder movie, yeah. but they, they, <laughs> they, they, they fall in love with the, with the music and the art of it. And the, the thing that you can't hear on a, Spotify or Apple iTunes, you know, that when you show up in this place and music is made, it's different than when you hear it recorded. Totally. There's just this feeling and there's this feeling in the crowd and it's just like magic. All the different instruments. And yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it's living in the moment that you had to, it sucks that you had to schedule it, prepare yourself for it. Everything we do in life is preparation for something for the future, which kind of loops back to me you can't live in the past you're buying plane tickets for a plane that's taken off later in life mm-hmm. to something that you're attending for later in life again um concert tickets you know you bought your snowboard pass to sugar bowl or wherever uh because you're looking forward always look forward always looking forward gosh dang it i spend so much time looking forward and routine and schedule and rhythm are important but if we don't pause and on a Tuesday night, go and stay up till midnight yeah. and be tired tomorrow. Yeah. But you lived in that moment and you were present in something that was yeah. happening. We need to do that a little bit more often, Yeah, I think. And I'm a big proponent of just put stuff on the calendar. Yeah. You know, like, um, I don't know, four years ago, I, I started wanting to take longer trips in our RV. And so I'm like, just write it on the calendar. We're going to be gone for three weeks. Yeah. And then... It's like we just decided by writing it there that we're going to do it so that then that three weeks we're fully just living in that time. Yeah, that's you know? special. That's that's really cool that you do that. So thinking about, Jude, there's a concert next week. Yeah, don't think always think of all the, well, we'll be tired or we'll be this mm-hmm. or we'll be that. You know, sometimes be responsible. Oh, yeah. But other times you have to live with your family because Charlie is only going to be 10 for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, my kids are only going to be at the age as they are. Mm-hmm. So enjoy it right now. Enjoy mm-hmm. this season. That's really cool. Yeah. So, so but, how, go ahead. Oh, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, an example, waking up this morning, Erica's like, I am tired. I just want to sleep in. And I was like, yeah, well, Saturday, you know, we're going to soccer game. And then Sunday's practice, or it's a game. It's a, it's another game. Games are on Sundays. Practice is Tuesday, so uh, yeah, I, you're gonna have to pencil in a day to sleep in during the week. I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've also kind of told like sports are important. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're gonna dedicate yourself to something, you're there for the team and stuff like that. But at the same time, you you know, I've kind of put if there was something that I had planned, like we're gonna go to the ocean for three days, and I planned it three months ago Mm -hmm. and it's family like really intentional family time something's going to steal that from us so there has been times where we've told the coach or this or that hey that one weekend we're not going to be here Mm -hmm. because we really need to set this time aside for our family or whatever so i think it's important to know what are your the key things that are valuable to like your road trip you know like Mm -hmm. that road trip that you take how much stuff is at the end of the school year where there's probably many times you're like, ugh, let's just cancel this. Let's mm-hmm. just cancel it. Let's put it off. Mm-hmm. 
But then as soon as you're driving away, you're like two, three hours into it. You're like, thank God we did this again. Like, mm-hmm. oh God, okay, this is where we're supposed to be. And I see my kids, I see my wife, we're, we're doing it. Yeah. But building up to that, sometimes it's easy to quit on it. Mm-hmm. Wait uh, a day or two. Let's not leave tonight. Let's leave tomorrow. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and even with that, you can overschedule yourself on your time off that you weren't supposed to be scheduled for. You know, you can, you can quickly or I speak from experience have definitely set some high expectations for time off where it's like planning too much, just trying to go too fast. And uh, it almost seems like whenever you do have the time off, you don't really get in the groove until towards the, the last half, the of end it. of it. <laughs> That's been a hard thing for me. Like we, we go to, um, we'll go camping and I'm like, all right, let's get up at seven and go on this epic hike that sure. I found on the map. Yeah. My family's like, nah, yeah. we'd rather sleep until 10 yeah. and eat a late breakfast and chill until noon. And then go, but then we're all going to bed at midnight. That's mm-hmm. just, so I've just learned to embrace it. Like that's yeah. their, cause probably cause our life is so scheduled with school and sports and stuff that they just, they don't want to schedule. They mm-hmm. were stoked. It was really sad. We went to Yellowstone for two weeks and I broke my ankle like two months before. Yep, I remember so that. So I'm on crutches. How are you so going to get through this summer, Ned? They're all stoked because they're like, cool, we can hang out at camp all day. Dad's not going to make us do any 10-mile hikes. Yeah, that was funny. So thinking about identity and keeping your identity, how has it been introducing your family to snowboarding? Um, challenging. I mean, there's a lot of tears, a lot of tears of joy and frustration, I think, from all of us. Um, I never took lessons as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I was kind of just free range per se. My my mother worked at the ski area. Ooh, nice. Um, my dad did too. Um, in one of his jobs, they they worked multiple jobs, and um, so a lot of the times it was nice to just get out of school, take the bus up, go shred, uh, learn the, everything by myself. My best friend and I, it was usually the two of us or solo. Like it was just kind of how it was. And so I had to, so they started getting on snow at about, I mean, we took them up immediately with a sled, a little snow skate, just get them acclimated to the snow. Uh, But it was hard, frustrating. Um, I say that the challenges are still there. Sometimes they don't want to get out of the truck. They don't want to suit up. They don't want to put their stuff on. Yeah. Their boots hurt or this or that. There's always an, an excuse uh, or a reason. And so there's some mornings where it's in the lodge. You get them all dressed up. And I'm not going to call out one of my kids over the other. But they'll get completely dressed up in the parking lot. We're walking to the chairlift. I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So go in. Then the jacket comes off. The beanie comes off, the gloves, everything's, what's going on? What's going on? We're imploding. What's going on? We're deviating. I'm hungry. So a morning of getting up at 630 sometimes isn't the best idea. You just got to roll with it. And, you know, if you get there at noon, get there at noon. Yeah. If you get there early. So have you just had to teach yourself to let go a little bit? Because like I know as a dude, it's like, yes, I just want to, I want to wake up at 625. I want to get in the car yes. with a cup of coffee yeah. and then I'm just going to throw on pants in five seconds when I get there and be on the mountain. I'm a first chair kind of a yeah. guy. I've got all of the alerts on my phone. I wake up like it's Christmas during storms hourly looking at the webcams 
and something that I love and I would like to ride powder all the time but I've also got to teach my kids how to ride properly yeah with etiquette um, there's a lot of kids on the hill that are just right. dangerous running into things getting hurt um, stomping on people's skis and snowboards that they've saved their money for. Yeah, scratch their... Yep, I remember um, my first Burton that got scratched in line yeah. by some knucklehead. Yeah, so... But yeah, I have to slow down, take a deep breath. Yeah. I've experienced a lot over the years of snowboarding, um, 30 years or so. Um, and there's me time for sure. I get it. Yeah. I, I definitely yeah, that's am good. not deprived of me time, but there's still... I'm in the chairlift line. It's late. I'm there with tons of other people that are there frustrated and I'm looking over and I'm seeing a line that I, that hasn't been ridden yet. I want to get over there so bad, but I got to just. What's the balance for the dad who has a love for something and, and it's like teaching their kids, but their kids either love it or hate it or just like I could be riding a bike or I could be snowboarding or I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I think a lot of us, we have these things that we love and it's finding the balance of teaching a love we have not expecting them to have the same, hoping that they do, I guess. Yeah. And then not just giving up on them and just doing it ourselves. Um, that's definitely a conversation Erica and I have had yeah. because um, at one point we looked at each other and I said, if this isn't what they want to do, we don't need to do it. And she was actually the one that was like, fuck that. We're a snowboarding family. Nice. Like, Hell we, yeah. We that's love a good to, wife. We love to do it. <laughs> and um not going to let them punk out on us. Okay. So um, we have to divide and conquer. If there's a kid feeling it, then we got to take that energy and go let that kid feel it. And if there's not, if there's one of them that's not, we also need to take that energy and it's time for hot chocolate. Yeah. And, yeah. and looking at the other, if you want to people watch, let's people watch. Let's sit in the sun. Let's watch it snow. Yeah, yeah, this whole thing is more than just, and that's cool because it's more than just, I'm going down a mountain with a board yeah. on my feet. And you don't want to the force them because nobody likes to do anything that they're forced to do. I don't, yeah, I don't like tough, sitting, though. I don't like sitting down and writing checks for bills. Yeah. But you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. So with snowboarding, it's part of our life. It, it helps pay the bills. It's something that's there and it's not going anywhere. And one of the funny quotes from one of the kids was, they wanted to help me organize the garage. I was in a transition of, of seasons and needed to get the lawnmower and, and the, you know, the, the chop saw and the tools out of the garage bay and get ready for work mode. You know, there's stuff coming in and the yeah. shipping and receiving department is what I call it for work. And uh, one of the kids looked over at me and, Dad, you're really into this snowboard thing, aren't you? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, if you only knew. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and it was so innocent. Uh, they just saw me as dad. This was years ago. They just saw me as dad that went and did snowboard stuff, watched snowboard movies, and occasionally as a family we would go. But now it's accelerated to where, you know, they've already got their equipment laid out in their rooms right now, um, trying boots on. Their feet are growing like crazy. Stella's now in women's gear. Yeah. It blew my mind. So we're all in. Um, but the biggest challenge was for myself to be sensitive and it's still a challenge even with my buds not all my buds want to get up super early and go ride powder uh, you know like i'm just 
it's, there's very few times in life where you can control a euphoric feeling and have it for that moment and know that that was something that you woke up or hiked for or and there's there's moments that are discouraging you get up early you battle i-80 you get up there you get through the chain control the sun hasn't even up yet you've got a shit real bad because your coffee was too strong but it took you two hours three hours to get there but you get to the lift line and then it's on hold and it's on hold and it's disappointing so when you do get that first run I just want them to experience that. I want them yeah. to have that feeling. And then after that, I don't care. We, we can just go have a snowball fight. But if you get those first couple runs in and they're beautiful and the stars align. But now I'm learning that a sunny, slushy day just sitting at the bottom of the chairlift is just as good. So I found a new love for it. Chasing them around the hill is crazy. Yeah. You know? And if they decide one day they don't want to do it, then that's great. They don't have to. But, but you shared a love with them and, and introduce them to something. And yeah. hopefully even out of it, they see the passion you put into something. It's like dedicate yourself to something that you're passionate yeah. about. Whatever it is you find that you love, do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good lesson um, because I have to pinch myself too sometimes um, that I do have the time that I can schedule work to fit where it needs to fit because yeah. you do have your your sports practices and games yeah. and then you have your your school nights and your dances and your functions that never lived on the calendar before um events on the weekends with retailers that i've got to be there for and i'm like shit that sunday that's an important sunday for me at home how am i going to do both and so getting the support to be able to pull it off you know and you yeah. learn too that there's other dads that are on the other side that at that store at that brand or wherever else that yeah i'm missing my son's game too yeah or i'm missing my daughter's uh dance you know yeah so it happens we're all there we're all there it's just how we perceive it how this is a thought that i've been having lately is how or when will you introduce your kids to more of like like how your business is run and take them on an appointment or help them see how things are shipped out? Like, have they been introduced to some of some of that? Yeah. Um, every year, this was the first year we didn't do it. Um, it just didn't work with, with the calendar. But for a few years, um, I've taken one of our kids on the road during the summer. I, okay. I'll do a, um, a week-long loop in the middle of the summer. Um, it's just part of my... OCD. I feel like if I'm not getting out there yeah. that um, I'm failing as as an independent sales rep out there. So um, camping is involved, visiting areas that um, I've never been. I, it kills me being on the road and driving through this beautiful territory, seeing things for my first time without them seeing it as well. Mm. So I'll, I'll try to incorporate road loops with them but that's cool but they also see the work you're doing Mm -hmm. they get to see how a business is run yeah which i think is super cool because i think that's kind of a lost art you know 100 years ago or whatever you know kids would get up and go do work with their parents and really learn whatever trade it was i don't think we should lose that now just because it's not digging a hole Mm -hmm. and planting something it's like there's things that I do cultivating relationships and work ethic and things that my kids could learn from. Yeah. So it's like teaching them 
it's funny Those that things. they got the you know bring your kid to work day yeah shit my work's at home you know it's there it's already there so uh bringing my kid to work day is let's go and we got to break down the cardboard boxes that yeah. everything came in help me organize you know samples or catalogs and but it's great for a while charlie used to think that wherever we went on the road was oh you work here too you work yeah, here yeah, too yeah. i didn't know you worked at woodward i didn't know you worked at milo i didn't know you worked here in san francisco and so you know because like you said there's some parents where they go to a physical building they spend their 40 hours a week in one building and so they they had to wrap their mind around it watching them wrap their mind around it i had to wrap my mind around them wrapping their mind around it and try to make it you know not all about business because if i made my work all about work all the time i would dread putting my equipment on or i would dread pulling up to a ski area so I have to set personal goals and family goals and but yeah introducing them to the to my business on the back end I hope to god they never have to sit down and crunch spreadsheets and numbers and things like that that's if that's the worst part of the job then that's a good thing yeah. but um I love to drive I love to drive uh, and I love to take them on the road with me yeah and, that's cool um, but there's other times too where I'll look at Erica and I'm like, movie premiere. There's a band. There's this and that. She'll know. I'm gonna. We'll sit this one out. But like the Crooked Lane one was great. Yeah, that one was that super was fun. Super fun. Um, but there's some duds that aren't very good, and I don't want them to go to those. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. but uh, yeah, we went to another premiere in Reno last year, and so there was some business that had to. Uh, take place as well but i made sure that we did it early went to circus circus charlie really loves these wings at um noble pie in reno so stella and charlie ate some wings and pizza and then we went to this movie premiere and it was kind of like a russian roulette like they weren't playing the movie in order through Mm -hmm. all of the movies in order through all of their stops and the main movie i wanted to see happened to be the one they played first so we were like high five nice once you start seeing the kids turn into pumpkins, you're like, oh, this is my perfect out. Like, It's so hard to yeah. just go, hey, hold my beer, and then disappear. But now you're like, kids, movie was great. High five. Good to Sorry, see everybody. Sorry, got to go. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, what was the movie? Because I fell in love with snowboarding in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. But I lived three hours away. So we'd wake up at 4 a.m. to go to Boreal, and we'd probably only go three times a year if we were lucky. Mm-hmm. You know? But what movie did you play over and over and over it's a movie called critical condition i had the first snowboard movie i got was bored with the world 2 as a craig kelly film and that one was badass because it was like joe satriani just like guitar solos and riding all over that's where i grasped the whole like whoa alaska and canada Mm. and then but then critical condition hit and it's a different production um, the soundtrack was completely different. You know, it's Vandals and TSOL. And I was like, what is this? And just played it and played it to where the cassette actually broke. That's you awesome. Know? So it wouldn't, it just rewound, but it wouldn't play. So um, it was toast, but it ele- it added elements of like risk, 
you know, the movie was called Critical Condition because people were just getting jacked up, like running their, you know, heads into rocks and breaking their femur and getting suffocated in an avalanche and like all this stuff. It was just like, oh my God, this is so cool. <laughs> and it was at the ripe impression age. I was right in between. And I was a already a weird kid as it was at that age. I had a job at 14 working at McDonald's, <laughs> you know, and... Um, I lived for working and reaping rewards, but I also would do anything to be up on that mountain. And so that snowboard movie just taught me that there's travel involved. You know, mm. there's a production crew involved. The thank yous, the credits, the yeah. list is super long. And I think that was the hook. I, I got to do this and do everything I can to do this. My parents told me they were going to buy me one snowboard and they did. And I rode that thing for a couple of years till I grew out of it, took all the stickers off, got it tuned, sold it, used that money, put the next one on layaway, and just kept doing that. And it just, just kept going. And uh, it sucks now because the kids with me working in snowboarding, it's just kicking down. Yeah. Does this fit? Great. Perfect. Does this fit? Great. Perfect. So I think... It doesn't bite me in the ass that I'm making them work for their snowboard stuff because I just have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, <laughs> so. Dude, it's it's a good thing to teach them. I One of the things that I love to do now in my, you know, owning my own business and having some flexibility is during the winter, I'll, I'll try to go in and I'll wake a kid up and I'll say, do you want to ditch school and go snowboarding today? Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, you know. So I did that with Brooklyn and Violet. I think I um, saw you up there on one of those days. Yeah. It was a school. It was a weekday. Yeah. So it was, that was a different set of kids this time. But that same, like maybe two weeks before that, I had taken Brooklyn and Violet. And it hit me. You know, we're sitting there. It's a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I, and like when I went, when my mom took us, it was like, we're all about value of the dollar. So it's like you're in line before it starts. Mm-hmm. You have your peanut butter and jelly in your backpack. Oh yeah. You don't stop until they shut the lifts off. Yep. That, that because it was all about like did how many runs did we get for the fifty dollars we paid? You want the best bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. kind of like how I grew up, which is cool and and it's it's a good value. But with with my kids now, I don't, I don't know. You know, it's eleven thirty, twelve, and they're like, "Hey, Dad, we're hungry." It's like, "Cool, let's." We usually make chili dogs in the we make chili dogs in the back of the car. But this time we went inside and Messy. I bought them one. Yeah, it is. But I don't know. I just love it. I bring the camping stove and do chili dogs. Anyways, we're in there and it hits me. I'm looking at them eating $25 worth of food. And I stopped and I said, hey, you guys know this isn't like this isn't real. Yeah. This I couldn't do do this ever in my 20s based on yeah. my career path. Yeah. So I really want you guys to realize like I earned the right to wake you up and yeah. ditch school yeah. and bring you here as a treat. Yeah. I don't want you to think this is how it the is and now. be 22 years old at your first job. You're <laughs> two weeks in. You're like friends call you to go snowboarding or yeah. whatever it is that you're into. And then, okay, yeah, our dad always just ditched on a Wednesday yeah. no problem yeah. so it's finding that you know you talk about kicking down the snowboards it's like hang on I want you to know like this is how we got to that place yeah. you yeah. know um, and be aware of it because I don't want to screw you over by the good things that we kind of have found ourselves in. totally totally yeah I, I remember having gear that wasn't proper for me and the pain and the 
being wet and I think for my own selfishness wanting to have the best experience up there and having the ability to give them the good product it's my own inner devil going all right they've got nothing to complain about they're right, dry they're right, warm right. they have the right size boots yeah, on that yeah. fit their bindings and the right size snowboards so when they do start complaining i'm like ah, ah. nope yeah you have no idea what you could be complaining about could be complaining about Dude. But, but yeah um it's it's great to have them there i love having them there um i wish we could snowboard more together um you talk about ditching. Um, my mom was cool with that. She saw that it was good, clean fun. Um, you know, there was one story in high school where my buddy and I ditched. We wanted to go up to Steamboat. I was living in Colorado at the time. Sublime was supposed to be playing with another band called The Line and Skank and Pickle. They're playing at a bar. And so my buddy and I were seniors in high school. He's 18, I'm 17. My mom, he, he could do whatever he wants. He's 18 years old. Yeah. My mom's like, yeah, go for it. So, you know, I had a job and was cool. I was always honest with my folks. I didn't really live this this anarchy life. I just, uh, it was, I, I respected them and they worked hard. And I realized at a young age that um, you get more from your folks if you're cool with them. Yeah. And so uh, she let me go. My buddy broke his arm. Um, we didn't have any sunscreen on. We were completely sunburnt. He's got a broken arm. It's swelling up. We sneak into the venue that Sublime's supposed to play. Automatically, they think that um, we're 21. I don't know why. Because we're in there? Oh, yeah, they're 21. They're in there. But we just walked in through the back door. <laughs> um, we were asked if we wanted anything. Of course, we said it pitcher of beer so we, <laughs> yeah. we get the pitcher of beer we get about halfway through it and then the band is starting to do sound check we get kicked out nobody in here during sound check go wait in line and we immediately realized quickly that we would never see sublime no or the line or skank and pickle his arm was hurting we're sunburnt <laughs> so we go home and uh we make it through the weekend go back to school monday and he's got a cast we got the goggle tan yeah our teachers are like looking at my note from my mom that just says please excuse chris he was out of town <laughs> <laughs> so i want that to trickle down into my kids and yeah. know that you know man life is so short yeah we, we've got to enjoy it and we got to take these opportunities um if it works but it's know, also the balance of don't take advantage you of it. earned it right so you earn that responsibility so yeah. it's like you had a job at 14 i can almost <laughs> not imagine my kid working at mcdonald's at 14 years old now <laughs> i don't know sucks. i don't know how i did it either but i did <laughs> yeah but it's like dude i want that same because yeah you want to ditch school you want to go do all these things dude no problem you just got to earn it yeah. so like you got to earn the right to have fun yeah. and that's the thing that's almost missing with just culturally our kids you know but i think i think there are more dads like you and i out there who are making their kids work for stuff. Mm -hmm. What did I do with Brody? I took him, I took him snowboarding. So one, this is last, last season. 
it was a like on a Tuesday, he saved up enough money to go buy a knife. He really wanted to buy a knife. Awesome. I said, I'll take you tomorrow afternoon. Cool. We'll buy a knife. Well, that evening, I somebody hooked me up with some snowboard or some lift tickets. Yeah. So I said, all right, Brody, it's you and Presley's turn. We're going to go in the morning. So get up, you know, the whole deal, which is a yeah. pain in the ass, but worth it, you know. Mm-hmm. So we go, we snowboard, we get home around 4 and I'm spent, right? Because I probably woke up at 4 that morning to get my work done for a couple hours. Uh-huh. So then he's like, Dad, where's... We're going to Big Five right now, right? I'm like, no, we're <laughs> going to do that maybe tomorrow or another day. Because we spent this time and crying. Yeah. I'm like, seriously, dude? You have... What are you doing right now? Yeah. So then... Uh, this isn't knife behavior. Yeah, this isn't knife behavior. <laughs> my neighbor Josh had a huge pile of rocks that he needed spread. I was like, let's go, dude, right now. So him and I, we went out to that rock pile and I set my timer for 30 minutes and I was like, shovel this rock. Mm-hmm. Just shovel it. Like, I want you to see, like, you earn the things oh. that you get. So we're not getting the knife today. Oh. So stop crying. Shovel rock <laughs> for 30 minutes. Such a long 30 minutes. And my neighbor, Josh, he's just looking at me smiling like, hey, you could get him in trouble more often if you want to. You spread all my rock for me. But I'm just out there lecturing him on... Dude, we got to go snowboard today. Yeah. Like you didn't have to do a damn thing to get to go other yeah. than it was just a blessing from your dad. Yeah. Um, so kind that, of teach him that work ethic. It's a super tough lesson to, to teach. You know, the, mm-hmm. the fair came to town and we learned a couple years ago that the only way, the cheapest way to experience the fair is the wristband. Okay, yeah. Because those tickets are a dollar a piece. Oh my gosh, And ridiculous. each ride is five tickets adds up quick yeah it's 10 seconds of fun for five dollars like oh my god so we this year we said wristbands will get your admission ticket prices but if you want to ride the rides you got to work off the 30 dollar wristband or nice. however much it costs stella being stella as funny as she is i love her to death she's been saving her money forever she just hands me 40 bucks and says i need change <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. And then Charlie's just like, oh, he just, so I write $30 on the chalkboard. And each time he did a chore or a series of chores, it may have been $1, mm-hmm. but it was like the garbage, you know, vacuum, help with the kitchen, sweep the kitchen floor. And it would just add up. And all oh, that was $1. Like, it's like, yeah, 29 more to go. And you got, but you got like three weeks to do this, bud. It was literally the day of. He's just like, what can I do? What can I? Yeah. He's panicking. He yeah. was down to like eight bucks. And, uh, but that's just an example of trying to realize images of consequence and reward. Yep. You know, you're going to do this, you could end up here in a jail cell. Or if you do this, man, you can ride the zipper as many times as you want to yeah and you understand the value of what it took to do that yeah and then the bonus was erica then flipped the bill to go watch the monster trucks nice right then um stella gets a message from her girlfriends they're at the fair they want to go ride rides and that was all part of the plan so charlie sees her get up and get ready to go party with her friends and he's like what the heck I'm not going. We're like, no, dude, monster trucks. <sighs> so it was like the worst thing in the world. And I had to get down on his level and be like, hey, buddy, the worst thing right now in your life is that you have to sit here and watch these monster trucks for like another 30 minutes. Like, you're going to make it through this. I yeah. promise you're yeah. going to make it through this. I promise. And he's like, 
uh, and then all of a sudden like the the police car monster truck comes out and just tears shit up and he's like ah! yeah I love freaking it. out and so it's just that the highs and lows and the peaks and valleys and it just uh it's but crazy. it's the, the difference of you as a dad <laughs> you said you said it like it's just normal getting down on his level and talking it through with him versus i'm too busy i'm too overwhelmed do what i said and shut up but that's but that does get said sometimes well, yeah okay yeah but the hope is that more often than not because yeah, yeah that happens all the time but yeah. more often than not we are taking the time absolutely to get on their level and explain things but also there are times when it's like this is just how it is so yeah. it's just it's, it's doing hard. both it's doing both it's hard um something that just came this week to to parlay off of that um yeah it isn't all that easy to where you're able to just pull them and reel them back in and be like monster trucks dude that's that's yeah, it 30 yeah. minutes and then it's rides um last week you know was a i think it was sunday there was just some free time dead time yeah like so the bad side of it all where I, where i lost my cool and it's not rad um getting on his level explaining something to him erica and i both did this parenting move where she tries and then if it doesn't work then i come in and sometimes it just makes it worse you know and so that the, the challenges are there there's no roadmap frustrations ensued he wasn't hearing what we were trying to say it was just a simple um tip that we're trying to give him with baseball and it was just wouldn't um compute and it was just frustrating and then there was tears and there was one parent walks away and then we're trying and down on one knee and like, just listen, try this, try this. I swear it'll work. The outcome's going to be a lot better than what's going on yeah. right now. Nope. Full resistance, like stubbornness. So I choose to walk away. And as I'm walking away, I kick this flower pot that's on the corner of our deck. And it's a thick terracotta flower pot full of dirt. Yeah. Water, plants. And immediately and like that was the dumbest dumbest way to, to react to this situation. I turned a positive thing of swinging a bat in the backyard, completely harmless, into I made it about me being frustrated about the situation, somebody not taking advice that clearly was needing some. Right. I wasn't delivering it properly. And the lesson that came from that, the, the positive that came from it was I showed him that reacting in a negative way is not going to get the situation to a higher positive level. I'm in pain. Foot swells up. I think it's broken. No way. Um, Erica's like, you are a dumb asshole. <laughs> you know, Charlie's crying because he thinks that because of what he did, he broke my foot. Right. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. I've got ice on it. I'm like, so then they cool down in the backyard. They finish the, the session. I'm inside just conflicted. And I just have to smile for one second. I'm like, this is a Sunday afternoon in our backyard. Baseball. My world was so rocked just as hard as his was when he wasn't able to go ride the rides when his sister left yeah. to go with, with yeah and i had to reel it in so i went back outside i go 
family meeting. You know, I like dad stop. We need to talk and bring him in. And it was more of me having to apologize. I felt like an idiot. Um, I lost my cool. It was a bad dad move. Um, not only is my foot black and blue and swollen and hurting, I can't walk on it. Dude, when you rolled when you rolled up, you were limping. I was like, I, I, I was like, I almost asked you. I'm so glad I didn't, so I could just get this <laughs> fresh right now. Flower pot is broken. It's Erica's plant that I kicked. Like, what did she do? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so nothing good came out of it. So, um, she says we're going, going to the hospital. I'm like. Oh. I don't want to go to Kaiser. This is so stupid. <laughs> this is so stupid. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's yeah, stupid. Yeah. So I'm like, you just do what you got to do here at home. I'll go. Then I quickly realized I can't drive. It's my right foot. Brake and gas. Mm. Like this, this isn't going to work. So we go, go through the motions, and it's taken hours. And Stella and Charlie are chilling. Um, and we just look at each other and let's get some pizza. You know, we, we ended up being able to talk about our frustrations of parenting and how that is starting to um, not only create situations where we're having a hard time explaining things to the kids that being vocal and and sharing your emotions is a lot easier than not and so yeah, yeah. um being it was i was vulnerable embarrassed sitting there um so it it was a, a cleansing in a sense that she made me feel good that it got to that limit it got to that limit you were clearly maybe this is something else you know, but when was the last time that you and I for four or five hours, just unfortunate circumstance, but just got to go at the drop of a hat and go be together in the truck, take a drive, waiting room. They're joking at the hospital, you know, that nowadays, like when you go in, they have to ask you if everything at home is okay. Yeah. Like, is anybody in your household making you feel uncomfortable? <laughs> and I'm like, no. And then he looks over at Erica and she's like, you know, scheduling clients or doing something on her phone. I was like, babe, they're, I think they're talking to you. She goes, what? <laughs> Do you feel uncomfortable home? Do you feel threatened? Do you feel like your life is in danger? And she's like, not <laughs> she's like, oh, my God. The he's flower the one with pots, the, the flower pots, yeah, too, but not us. <laughs> so there's a, a humor element yeah. to it. And then I came home and everything was fine. It's just bruised and it's just a reality check i lost my cool i wasn't proud of it but told the kids you know like instead of doing that i could have continued to just walk in the house be frustrated but i did something stupid and but that's also real life no, no one's fault except yeah. for my own yeah but i think that that's real life and i think it's i mean one it's funny now right yeah. i wasn't there but I think we've all had those moments where it's like, I just got freaking pushed to my limit. Yeah. I didn't handle it right. Getting pushed to my limit doesn't mean I could be a dick. Yeah. But this time I was. Yeah. And I was able to use that on so many levels to connect with my family, right? I mean, hearing you, there was a ton of positive that came out of it. Connecting with your wife, getting just 
to pause and go, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Getting to go to your kids and be like, family meeting, uh, I messed up. Yeah. Like how often do we admit to messing up? You know, so I think I think if, if I punch the wall or click, kick the flower pot or, mm-hmm. you know, use a profanity in a negative way yeah. every Slam other day, yeah. yeah, then I'm a dickhead who needs some help. Absolutely. But if it's, man, last year, remember last <laughs> year when dad kicked a flower pot? Yeah. That's like a whole different world for a kid to grow up in to go, dad can <laughs> mess up. And then when you mess up, this is what happens. Yeah. Versus the kid who like, dad's a dick every other day. Yeah. And there is no I'm sorry. There's this quiet, never vulnerable, I'm such a tough. Status quo. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then never. That's more damaging. Oh my God. Never saying anything. Yeah. Is sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough one. And it, it happened in between agreeing to do the show and now and it's just like. Perfect. I want to go in and talk about, you know, the positives, but I I can't leave without sharing the most recent fuck up. And that was it, you know, and but that's what makes this real. It's like, I don't want to try to I do not have this figured out. You don't. We're figuring it out as we go and and trying to be as intentional as possible. And that's real saying like. Here's my 10 steps to being the best husband and father is bullshit and run away from that because it's a lie. Yeah. That guy's cheating on his wife probably. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's got some other issues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, dude, this has been super fun talking about fatherhood with you. Yeah. Uh, you're a great dad, a great husband, intentional, balancing, uh, which neither of us would say balance actually exists, but riding the wave of work and family and making sure that everybody gets a little bit of our time energy. Yeah. And uh, so, dude, kudos to you for doing all Thank that you. you do every day. We Thank are you. raising kids that um, are our legacy, right? It's fun. And um, my kids might marry your kids one day. <laughs> so the shit we do now yeah. matters. Absolutely. It matters. So, um, yeah, dude. Well, thanks for coming on, yeah. Sharon, and for being a kick-ass Thanks dad. for having me. I was looking forward to this. This is cool. Right on. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. Yep. What another great conversation with an intentional father. If you enjoyed the conversation, please make sure to write a review or share it with a homie. We would much appreciate just continuing to spread the word about Rebel and Create and that fatherhood matters. Thank you to all you dads out there listening to Rebel and Create's Fatherhood Field Notes podcast. What you do matters. Don't be like everybody else. Be yourself. That is who your kids, spouse, and community needs. This is your guide, Ned Shout. Together, let's rebel against the view that fatherhood has little impact and create lives engaged in the craft of fatherhood. Oh, 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 oh,